From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again for another hour of your real ghost stories of the paranormal, supernatural, demonic, you name it, we talk about it on this show if it is ghost-related. That's what we are all about here, obviously, the show called Real Ghost Stories Online. We thank you in advance for subscribing to the show on iTunes. Press that subscribe button if you've not done so yet. Just pick up the phone, if that's what you're using, your tablet, and subscribe. Do not miss any future episodes that way. Stitcher, YouTube, whatever your uh, platform of choice is, uh, please subscribe to the show. That helps us out greatly. And we'll even give you a bonus episode of our show, an unpublished episode that uh, it's not like the bottom of the barrel either. It's it's good, good ghost story, same as always, um, that we've uh, created just for you, this bonus episode. And the only way you can get that is by giving us some reviews on iTunes or a review on iTunes and some stars there. Uh, and you email me what username you used. I'll email you back then uh, with that link to that bonus episode. My email is Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. That's how you get to that episode. And of course, beautiful merchandise now Yes, in our web store at uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. You just uh, click on the, uh, the, the store button and you can check out all sorts of Wonderful items. My favorite, I think, is is that snuggy-looking thing still, because it's just creepy. It looks like a ghost in the picture. Well, then that's what you're going to get for your birthday, I think. The snuggy thing? Sure. I, I don't know I'd ever use it. I, I, I can't... I don't think I could ever walk around in a snuggie, because they're bare-backed, aren't they? It'd be like a hospital gown, wouldn't it? It's for laying on the couch. It's not for walking around in. Well, I... Well, you could walk around in it, though, couldn't you? No, you're supposed to lay on the couch. It's like... What's wrong with a blanket? Well, this has arms, so like when you need to get the remote, you can change the channel without having to completely come out from under your blanket. Really? Yeah. Uh, I would say I think I'd end up walking around with it. You just want to walk around at it so you can look like a ghost. I'd walk around it with no pants. And with our logo. Like, There's my butt hanging out the back of it. That would be scary. That would be great. If I, was a, if, if I was a ghost, I would wear that. If you can choose what you're going to wear as a ghost. A real ghost stories online snuggie. I would wear a real ghost stories online snuggie. They're like, we saw this apparition and he was wearing a a real ghost stories online snuggie. I don't know what the deal was. And it's not a real snuggie brand snuggie. It's whatever they call it on there. But uh, it's kind of like a band aid. Not not all band aids are band aids. It's like a Kleenex. You know? Yeah. So, it, it, but it is essentially a snuggie. So. Anyway, it's kind of cool. It's up there on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Your purchases, a little bit of those purchases, go back to help us. And by no means are we making the bulk of that money. Uh, we just get a little bit of a, uh, a commission back on that. And that helps to support the show that we're producing for you every single day. So uh, a little bit of support there uh, really does help, and we do appreciate that uh, quite a bit. Uh, lots of calls today, uh, email stories, uh, follow-ups, uh, and <laughs> really bizarre uh Items that I found uh, that that somebody sent us a link to online that someone is selling that's ghost related. We'll talk about that uh, in just a few minutes, and it's just creepy as hell. Um, anyhow, we'll uh, we'll get to that. I wanted to play this call back for you um, and get your thoughts on it. Uh, and we get a lot of calls here at Real Ghost Stories Online at eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. It's our toll free number, and you can call it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and that's what we like. Um, you can call in, you know, share your real ghost story in your own words, and then of course that's how we we play them back here on the show. And every once in a while, we get calls where you know somebody they called, and then they're about to tell their story, and they kind of get scared and they hang up. 
I get I get it. You know, that happens, and, and I can usually tell what that is. Um, and it's usually just a quick little, <gasps> and then, you know, the sound of the phone being hung up. Yeah. You know. Um, this one, I just, I, I downloaded the audio from this call just before, and it doesn't exactly sound like that. It sounds a little weird. It's a very quick call. Um, it's about five seconds in length. And here's the audio. That's it. Now, I don't know. You can read into it all you want. Um, I could I am getting tinges of a digital distortion here, almost like someone was calling on a Skype type device, tried uh-huh. to talk and then it cut out. That's kind of, I get that. But it also sounds vaguely in reverse to me as well. You know, when you hear something in reverse, it's yeesh, whoosh, whoosh. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of picking up that. Here's the audio again. I can't pick any words out of this thing. I just think it sounds kind of creepy. It does sound kind of creepy. So. I don't know. Make of it what you will. I'll let the audience decipher. I don't I don't know if it's anything paranormal. I don't know if it's weird. I mean, considering we've already had the one caller into the show that had the weird, turned out sounds that were essentially trying to stop her from sharing her story. It sounded like dishes being put away. Uh, I'm not about to say that, you know, there's other things that are not stopping people from calling in are you, or them calling in themselves. Are you insinuating a ghost calling in to tell his own story? No, I'm not necessarily saying that. Um... Uh, I'm saying the phone may be ringing with something on the other end that's not necessarily calling to tell its own story, but communicating that it's there. I don't expect to get that's like, enough of a story. I hey, I'm here. Like, yeah, I guess uh, maybe, possibly. Okay. Uh, or it could be someone trying to tell their story, and it could just be a bad connection too. Totally something non-ghostly at all. But uh, here's something that's uh, a little bit uh, ghostly. Have you heard of AJ's haunted dolls? No. This is a uh, an online retailer, and this was pointed out to us uh, on our, our YouTube page. An online retailer that sells haunted dolls. Okay, how is that? Uh, it says, from a very young age, my sister and I were able to sense and communicate with spirits. What most people would believe to be imaginary friends, we were actually... Uh, positive white little spirits that we would see and play with. It wasn't until I was much older that I realized that not everyone could see the, what my sister and I saw. It's totally normal to us and we had, that we had seen the spirits. I have been uh, asked several times how I keep from letting the evil spirits in. It's simple. My grandmother always said, in order to keep evil out, you do not invite it in. Along with following her simple rules, her protection prayers, and burning of sage sticks, I haven't had to deal with any strong evil entities. Many of the spirits we played with were inhabited in the spirit dolls. We like to call them spirit children. We've always had an abundance of them to play with. I collected paranormal items and haunted dolls for many years. Some of my collection were saved for me before I was even born. Each and every one of my spirit children and paranormal items are unique in their own special way, not only because they are inhabited with a beautiful spirit, but because of a vessel that they have chosen. I try to collect a variety of ghost spirits, unique paranormal magical items. Being Native American, I was blessed with special gifts, one being able to sense paranormal objects and the energy 
that they hold. From the time I was very young, the spirits have always been drawn to me and vice versa. My paranormal items and spirit children have come from all over the world. Some I have purchased at special auctions, other I have inherited, and some have given birth to me by very close friends and have been donated to me because of the spirit activity that was scary to them. I could not continue to take care of them, or they could not take care of take uh, care of them like they needed. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, but you don't know what you're inviting in. I don't have a good feeling about that at all. No, no. And I mean... She sells Ouija boards and dolls and clown dolls and creepy dolls. and I think that's asking for trouble. I get what she's saying about being able to sense whether or not it's, it's supposedly good or bad. But I think giving it to the wrong people, it could be very bad. What customers say, I've adopted Jenny. She is very sweet, and when I first got her, I thought I heard a baby cooing. It was very faint, though, so all I expected was one time. I'm not sure it was really her. That one time, though, I know uh, I heard her babbling. Wow. I received Miranda yesterday. She's gorgeous. She was packed amazingly. Her spirit had already shown up at my my mom's house before I even... uh, before her host even did. I've got all kinds of activity. My DVD player has turned itself on and off, changed settings, lights have blown out, etc. Wow, okay. <laughs> this is just fucked up. I'm sorry. It is. This is not something it's not to something market to play with. like that or sell. My God. I was going to say this would be an interesting person to talk to, but I don't think I even want to talk to no. him. I think that just is. I don't think I could restrain idea. myself if we had that person on the phone. I think I would be not very nice. Well, here's the thing. This is either a complete bullshit con artist who's just selling and marketing haunted dolls, um, you know, and, you know, she has the, you know, mystical story surrounding it, knowing that people will bite. Um, or she's actually selling haunted dolls. Okay, that's either bad or worse. There's no yeah. no good coming no, out of it. No, there's no good coming out of it. I mean, the, the the best case scenario really in something like this for those buying from her is that she's a bullshit artist and she's just selling dolls that, you know, she's saying are haunted. Uh, each spirit or haunted doll is very different and has a different personality, just like we do while we are alive. Each of us have different likes, dislikes. They do as well. The majority of my haunted dolls and paranormal, paranormal items are the are a positive white light. The majority? So, but in case you want to go to the dark side, uh, we have our Satan selection over here. Is uh, that what she says? No, I just oh. that part. <laughs> you can't do that. I sometimes can't tell. I've had many years of experience around the paranormal. Yeah, the thing... uh, I believe she can think that some of these are positive, and maybe she does have good intentions, but there is just so much divisiveness in that world that we are not able to tell for sure about whether you are sensitive or not. Um, and I honestly, I don't think you're all that great of a sensitive if, if you are blatantly selling something like this, not talking about the or realizing the risk you're putting people at. Yeah. Um, yep. That's just a whole lot of badness there. And honestly, I mean, 
I I hate to say this, but I think she's going to gain popularity when that movie comes out. Oh, she's certainly going to gain. She's even selling. Here's where I I think maybe she's a bit of a bullshit artist because there's the monster dolls that she sells as well that are are scary looking. That's why it's like, I don't know. Introducing AJ's reborn monster babies. $300 for a creepy looking doll. Those are horrible. And then she has like normal looking dolls too. Um, teenage spirits is so where you can pick your it's like the American girl of <laughs> spirits it's like demon dolls it's like you can pick what they look like each teenage spirit or teenage haunted doll has a very different personality this is messed up okay okay well there we go um, I wouldn't buy from her I think that's a fairly screwed up uh, concept right there i think just the act of buying from her is like playing with the ouija board and you are inviting trouble in because i think just by allowing that possibility you're opening a can of worms i agree 855-853-4802 with your real ghost stories to share with us here at real ghost stories online of course you can always just write into us on our website at real ghost stories online.com we'd love to hear from you there let's go to a call hi hi tony this is chris from ohio i'm a new listener i just discovered you on youtube and i love the show wanted to tell you about my very first uh, paranormal experience i've had a few uh since then uh but uh, this was my first i was about seven or eight it was back in the uh, late 70s and uh my grandfather my mother's uh, dad had uh become very ill and was in the hospital and of course, being a kid, uh, didn't really know how bad things were for him. I guess later to found out they were pretty bad. Um, anyway, one night I was in bed and uh, I woke up suddenly just uh, wide awake and sat up in my bed. Now, I was in a bedroom with uh, my two other brothers who were fast asleep. And I just happened to look over in the corner of the room and saw... A man standing there now at first I thought it was my eyes playing tricks with me you know rubbing the eyes just uh, thinking maybe something's you know just fogginess but anyway uh, as I continue to look the uh, form got clearer and it was a grayish form of a man and uh, as the longer I looked I realized that it looked just like my grandfather well, being a little kid, of course, that scared um, me half to death, and uh, I uh, jumped under the covers and uh, eventually went back to sleep. Funny thing is, before I did go back to sleep, I looked at the digital clock that was in our bedroom, and it was right around 3 a.m. Well, the next morning, I get up, and I walk out of my bedroom, and there's my mother sitting on a chair uh, on the phone and crying. And uh, she hangs up the phone and looks at me, and I asked her, you know, Mom, what's what's wrong? And she looks at me and she says, Honey, your grandfather died around um, 3 in the morning. And uh, I was just shocked. I, uh, you know, at first wanted to maybe write it off as a dream, but um, that was too large a coincidence for me. So... Uh, I uh, didn't tell her that for many years, but uh, I do believe that was really was my grandfather in my bedroom, and he, uh, at the time of his death, uh, just decided to come and 
you know, looking on his grandsons one more time before he moved on. Well, um, that's my story, and uh, thanks a lot for listening, and uh, I'd be really excited to hear it on the show. Um, and I will continue to listen, uh, whether you put my story on or not, because I uh, absolutely love the show, and I'll uh, tell uh, everybody I can think of uh, to listen in. All right? Thanks a lot, Tony. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Press the subscribe button, too, please. It'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, that's a cool story. And my question is, what's up with the 3 a.m. ghosts? I don't know. You know, that's all, I know it's it's considered the witching hour, so I know that much. But I don't know why, I guess, you know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm asking more so why is that the, the hour that so much paranormal activity happens. And maybe not necessarily in this case, because this is more so attuned to when his grandfather passed away. I get that. But we hear a lot of stories where um, the paranormal activity is happening, uh, and it's usually around three-something. Um I'm always paranoid around three something, and I always tend to wake up right about three something. And I, I, I it's usually like about when I'm getting up to use the restroom in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I never look in the mirrors. I never look up to look in the mirrors. I just kind of do my thing and keep my head down and go back to bed because I don't want to look in the mirrors. And I don't want to see a shadow. I don't want to see anything. But just guessing because I don't know this. But is, does it have anything to do with it being like the darkest part of the night? You know, I suppose it could. I, I I don't know. I like the stories. I I know that it scares people, but I like the stories where the relative comes to say goodbye that one last time. Sure. I I don't think I would be bothered by that if a relative did that. No, that makes sense. And usually when that sort of thing happens, it happens once. They show up, they do their thing, and they're gone. That's where you, I you know you can pretty confidently say. Okay, that was a relative coming to say goodbye, and it, it's not some you know evil entity or something that's sure. popping up. So, eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two with your real ghost stories. Uh, remember the the caller we had a couple weeks back that um, we were making Trailer Park Boy references about. I do. Um, and we never really addressed it saying it was our Trailer Park Boy references. Because um, I don't know if you... I mean, it's a show that's... It's a Canadian television show. It's it's become pretty big in the States now with... Um, Netflix. Netflix, yeah. Um, well, he wrote back to us and he says, Wait, were you guys making Trailer Park Boy references? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> when we get caught, that's, that's the he worst. He caught us. I he know. He caught us. Because he kind of reminded me of one of the characters on Trailer Park Boys. Uh, so he says, "Wait, were you guys making Trailer Park Boy references?" And I don't think it—I I don't think it was an animal at the time. It was a skinny guy. And when me and my brother got on the roof, it would crack the ceiling, uh, having be just a few inches thick from the shingles on the inside of the place. I don't think it was an animal because I could hear two feet boom, 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 and not a scuffle or a raking. Uh, <laughs> did he spell it like no, that? He's, oh. Well, he did. Actually, he did incorrectly spell it. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I don't think it was in purpose, though. It was creepy, though. I would share. I added my number because there was a, a lot I left out. So I would tell you guys now. My brother was messing around with a Ouija board with his girlfriend. My mom freaked out when she heard about this and made the boyfriend's brother walk through the house with sage. I'm positive he didn't do it right. Uh, you are so, so posed to get every crack and corner of every room and tell any spirit to leave, never ask it. He just walked around, didn't say much, and I think really made it. I made it really mad. And a few nights later, uh, that went down. We moved out two or three months after that. Thanks, you guys. 
Are you sure he was using sage and he wasn't using like marijuana or something? Because <laughs> that's what Ricky would do. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, you ghost assholes, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could totally see that happening. I'm so embarrassed that we like that show. It's just sad. It's hilarious. Um. Well, Danny, thanks for y'all writing back in and not being too upset at us for making Trailer Park Boy references or thinking that it kind of sounded like some of the characters. But um, you got to admit, I mean, come on. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I get you know you got a point. I mean, you're you're right. If, if you both of you would have cracked through the roof, you're probably right. Um, so what it was, I don't know. I. I don't know. Well, and and the Ouija board factor is kind, that, that kind of a big sense. factor. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a, a jalapeno pepperoni eating raking on the roof. Anyway. <laughs> I've already talked to Leahy about that. Um, <laughs> 855-853-4802. With your, uh, with your real ghost stories. Uh, okay, this other note here is just about the haunted dolls. Uh, oh my god, okay. Speaking of haunted dolls, uh, Stryker, uh, EG is the username, uh, says, uh, I actually bought one a few months ago, but nothing crazy is happening. I didn't spend that much money on it. I just uh, wanted to get one out to satisfy their curiosity. Well, if anything does happen, do let us know, because that's creepy as hell. It really is. Uh, yeah. God. Okay. Uh, another call. 855-853-4802. Hi. Hey, Tony. Um, it's me, Daniel, and I've been listening to the show a lot. And um, I was um, calling about the, the the ghost relics. And you guys talk about, like, ghosts, like, talking about different languages. I was I just had my opinion about um, what about if they learn our language, like, when they see us. Like, could they learn? You know, like Japanese people, if they see a lot of Americans around and if they can learn our language when they talk in English, you know, because they're usually like Japanese. Anyways, that was just like my theory about it, but thank you and um, I hope you guys get a lot more bigger. Thank you a lot and bye. Thank you. So can ghosts learn? That's a good question. I think we've touched on that before a little bit. Can they, you know, bring on, you know, new knowledge into their ghost brain and the undead. I think they have to to keep up with technology like we do because they're able to manipulate all kinds of things now. Yeah, like the uh, the priest that was being texted by the possessed woman the other day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, too, with the language barrier, didn't we kind of touch on that that might be um, or I believe maybe our caller told us that they it's like a thought to thought Thing. And so there's not really, like, yeah. you have to interpret the language. Or kind of transcends language. Yes. It's more so, you know, feelings and thoughts, which it seems to make a little more sense, you know, where that could beat the language barrier and never, you never really having to learn the other language. It's more of a spiritual thing than anything else. But, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting thought. I'm, I'm, you know, just the fact that, you know, when you ask a question like, what well, can ghosts learn uh, new languages? The fact that ghosts can exist, uh, I think, pretty much opens up the possibility that they can do anything they want. Yeah. You know, really, you know, that's, yeah. Or uh, they're getting the ghost version of Rosetta Stone, which is Rosetta Headstone. Ah! There we go. That's a good one. That's like one that you'd get in one of those little uh, books at the supermarket, like the, the little joke books okay. that are horrible. Thank you. Right next to the chiclets. 
What a ghost you used to learn new languages. I spend too much time talking to our children. That's why my... The thing is, they'd find it hilarious. I know they would. Yeah. She'd be like, ah! Okay. You have to All tell right. it to her tomorrow. No. Yes! <laughs> Although she won't know what Rosetta Stone is, so she won't get it. No. So, anyhow. Another letter. Karsten writes in, Hi, Jenny and Tony. I'm a big fan of the show and have loved listening and re-listening to each episode since the beginning. I feel that it's time I shared a few of my own stories. A little about myself before I start off. Like one of the previous guests who wrote in, I was raised in Utah and I've been very religious my whole life. I've had a pretty good understanding of the spirit world and things of a spiritual nature, although I don't claim to know all things. A doctrine that we are taught in our religion is that the spirit world is all around us, which is why we hear so many stories of spiritual encounters, if you will. I've always believed this doctrine to be true and that our loved ones who have passed on are still here with us to watch over and protect us. However, even with this knowledge and belief, I've always been a little skeptical of ghost stories, at least until I was about 20 years old. At the time, I was serving my own mission in a city called Val Hermoso in the northeastern part of Mexico in the state of, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Tamalapus, something like that? I think so. Okay. Right in the middle of the drug war. That sounds like a lovely place to vacation. My companion uh, at the time had told me of different encounters he had had in his life with deceased loved ones coming to him in different ways. It was I was still a little skeptical of them, but I then experienced my first minor encounter a couple weeks of working together. I received word one day from a brother in the area that a few visitors had reported some weird and inexplainable things happening in some of the rooms at the Best Western Hotel in San Luis, just around the corner from where we lived. They said that they would hear noises in the rooms and would sometimes see a little girl out by the pool area. The manager asked if we would bless the rooms as well as the main hall of the hotel, and we said that we would be happy to help. To be honest, I still doubted uh, anything unusual was happening, and I doubted that we would see anything, but I still secretly wanted to see this little girl and would proactively look around the hotel looking for her, but to no avail. The manager took us to the two suites and the main hall where the noises and sightings were. We proceeded to bless the main hall in the first room through a... Uh, dedicated prayer, blessing them that the rooms may be places of comfort, relaxation, and peace. We ask that if any unholy entity were here with us, that they would please leave in peace. We didn't see or hear anything until the last room we blessed, the same room where the little girl was seen outside the door by the pool. Through his many experiences and knowledges of the spirit world, I knew that my companion at the time was very sensitive to things of the spirit, so he was able to sense that we weren't the only two people in the room. It was late November, early December of 2009, but the cold in the room was very different than the cold outside. The rooms were warm, but I still had a strange chill through my whole body as my companion offered a prayer to bless the room. We had already previously checked to make sure nothing and no one was with us in the rooms before offering the blessings, but immediately after, my companion asked if there were any unholy entities in the room. We heard noises coming from the closet behind us. It was very light, but even I heard the sound of the wooden hangers brushing against the door. We felt even colder after hearing that, knowing that there couldn't have been a draft that would have moved the hangers like that. 
He then proceeded to ask that the entity leave the room and hotel in peace and that we didn't uh, feel or hear anything else afterwards. We reported to the manager what we did since he left us alone during each blessing. We were on our way. Coincidentally, in that same area and with the same companion, we were also asked to bless a family's home who was also of faith. The two would hear noises in the house and would see objects move, along with seeing shadows on the wall when no one was in the room. As we blessed the house as well, we felt the same chill while hearing noises upstairs, even though the whole family was in the main living area. There were also a couple other experiences with that same companion in that city that are disturbing that I don't feel comfortable sharing here, but these have all left me with the feeling that the majority of these stories are all real to the people experiencing them. Although I know that the spirit world is all around us, and that a lot of these kind spirits are still around with us, I now know that there are others who are here to torment and fill others with fear, as did several spirits in that area of Mexico. I never experienced anything else after leaving that area and the companion, and have always wondered if there was something more about that city, or if it was just that I was with that companion. To this day, I have heard several stories from my uncle about paranormal activity in his own home, including the apparition of my grandpa, who had died a couple months prior, but I'll save that for another time. That's all for now. I love the show and have loved it even more since Jenny has joined. Thank you both for giving us the ability and opportunity to share what some of us have had to keep secrets from others due to unbelief. I know I was one of them who didn't believe, as are now half of your viewers, I'm sure. By the way, got the bonus episode after sharing the page on Facebook and loved it. There you go. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. Look forward to more in the future. Well, thank you so much for that story. And yeah. I would be willing to bet that it was your companion is the reason you were able to experience some of those things. If he was really, really sensitive, sometimes that stuff will make itself more present with somebody that's sensitive. Kind of like in Todd's story. Mm where he was only experiencing it when sensitives were around. Yeah, it's like they're saying, oh, look, this person's going to be able to see us or hear us, so we're going to throw all of our energy here. Because I imagine, you know, it takes quite a bit from that side to be known. So I guess the, you know, the more seasoned ghosts, if you will, are aware of that. And uh, they may just sit there and wait and hold up their energy until they have a good chance of being heard, you know, and almost like resting until that happens. That's how I kind of view it anyway. Yeah. And also, I think there's something to be said, though, about the area that they're in, too, if, you know, that's a very big, you know, drug cartel territory and the murders and the horrible negative things that are going on there. That's just got to be breeding ground for mm-hmm. negative ghost, dark, demonic crap to be, you know, going on in, in people's homes. I can't imagine living in that sort of atmosphere, you know, just consistently every day. I mean, because it's one thing you're you're having to deal with the living that are essentially like the living dead yeah. out there doing those things. And then you have to deal with the energy and uh, the ghosts that are conjured up because of that. So you just really can't escape it. So uh, thank you for the call and, or thank you for the, uh, the letter. Uh, and, and we'd love to hear more of your stories. Our phone number is 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we would absolutely love to hear it. Another letter, Marie writes in, I have so many ghost stories I could share. I grew up in a haunted house. Me, my mother, my sister, my brother are all empaths, something we get from my mom's side. 
We read this one? No. Okay, good. No, I'm just nodding because I've been learning about empaths recently. Okay, good. So uh, we're never without some sort of ghostly interaction going on. One of us is usually dealing with something from the other side. You want to share what you've learned about empaths? What are they? Are they just, are they, is it another word for sensitives? It, it kind of is. Um, empaths are able to, well, they, they can sense the paranormal, but then they can also sense other people's emotions. Um, they're very highly sensitive to... To the living and the dead? Yes. Okay. Yes. So if they get close to somebody, either physically or emotionally, they can sometimes start feeling their pain, whatever they're going through. Um, like if, if somebody's an empath and they have a friend that's going through a really hard time, they can sense that. And beyond just, oh, I know you're having a hard time, mm-hmm. but they can feel the pain. They can actually feel what's, what's their going through Um, they can sometimes physically feel the pain that other people are going through does it take the pain away from the other person no it it doesn't but they can feel it they can feel interesting okay so uh, continuing on the story I wanted to share with you happened to me last year in my current home I've had a few things happen in this house but things had been quite peaceful for some time Uh, so this really was odd My husband leaves early for work in the morning, usually sometime around 6 a.m. This particular morning, he got out of bed and walked into our master bathroom and closed the door. This was his normal routine in the morning. I slept on the left side of the bed, and I was laying on my right side, facing the right side of the bed where my husband sleeps. As I lay there trying to get back to sleep, I felt a small hand touch my left foot that had strayed to my husband's side of the bed. I thought it was our nine-year-old daughter letting me know she'd come in wanting to snuggle, something she did every now and then and when she couldn't sleep. I heard footsteps walk around the foot of the bed and walk over to my side, again a gentle hand touching my right leg. I thought this was a little odd since normally my daughter just climbs right in on my husband's side of the bed. I had no idea why she was coming to my side of the bed. After the hand had touched my right leg, I felt a small arm come up over my back and across my left arm. It started to reach for my chest, and it was very cold. This was also unusual, since my daughter normally runs very hot. Just as the hand was reaching towards my chest, I went to grab it and asked my daughter if she was okay. When I went to grab the hand, nothing was there. I was so shocked, I sat straight up in bed and called for my husband. He came out of the bathroom and asked, and I asked him if if he had touched me to say goodbye before he left for work, and he said he'd been in the bathroom and had not come back out. I just said okay and laid back down wondering what I had just experienced. I hadn't been physically touched by a spirit since I was 10 years old. Later on in the day I asked my if she had by chance come into our room early in the morning and she said she hadn't. I have no idea who this child was and why they felt the need to reach out literally to me. The hand touching my feet felt like a five or six-year-old. Since I'm an empath, I usually am contacted by a spirit in one way or another to pass on a message. I told this child that if they had something to tell me, please do it during waking hours and stay out of my bedroom. I've never been contacted by this child again. I haven't had any other experiences in the house since then. Thankfully, it's been quiet. Be glad to share any other stories from my childhood and other experiences I've had communicating with the dead, although I'd like to remain anonymous, as I can for the sake of the family. Yeah, you'd be more than welcome to remain anonymous. Feel free to uh, to either uh, call in, you don't have to, to give us your name by any means, or, or write in again with another story. We'd love to, to hear it. 
another letter coming in here from uh, Amon or Iman. Our, uh, he's writing in, I've had numerous strange events occur in my life, but there's been one I could never explain away. That's not to say that the other events were less than supernatural, but at the very uh, least, I could rationalize them to put my mind at ease. In 2006, my family lived in a military base in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. The house we lived in was very small for a family of five. It was actually a large house that was split down the middle between two families. It was more like two tiny houses that were smashed together. Because of the awkward layout of the side of my house my family lived in, I had to sleep on the ground floor just across from where the kitchen was, while my parents, my brother, and my sister all slept upstairs. This excited me. I typically stayed up very late on the weekends, and not having to climb any creaky stairs at 3 a.m. to go to my room would mean I wouldn't have to worry about waking anyone up. Late in December, around 3 a.m., I was finishing up with a game I was playing on my family's computer. The computer room was a few rooms away from my bedroom in an awkward part of the house. It must have been added to the original building at some point. I pressed the button to turn the monitor off and I began walking to my bedroom. I always sort of tiptoed and walked slowly to avoid making noise even though I was the only one on the ground floor. Honestly, I was scared of the dark and wanted to keep my presence hidden from anything that might react aggressively to me. The the fluorescent kitchen light was always left on. There was always something unsettling about the fluorescent lighting in the almost entirely white kitchen. I always avoided looking towards the kitchen late at night. However, as it was the only source of light in my way to my bedroom, I did appreciate it. As I said before, my bedroom was right across from the kitchen. The two rooms were only separated by about 12 feet of wooden floored hallway. About halfway through this hallway was a shorter hallway of about six feet that led to the front door and the stairs that led to the second floor. I passed through the doorway to my bedroom, then only dimly lit by the light from the kitchen and immediately fell onto my bed, my face looking out towards the kitchen. I stared into the kitchen for a minute. Without looking at it, I turned on my radio and closed my eyes while listening to Stairway to Heaven. I remember thinking how cool it was and I was concurrently learning how to play the intro to that song in my guitar class. I feel it's important to note here that I definitely had not fallen asleep. I remember exactly what part of the song was playing and exactly what I was thinking at that moment. I'd closed my eyes for hardly five seconds before I heard what sounded like bare feet running down the hallway and towards my room. I'm sure most people know the sound of dirty bare feet lifting off of a hardwood floor. It sounded sort of sticky. That is what I heard thorough and quick succession the fair amount of impact it lasted for maybe a second I opened my eyes immediately but I saw nothing but the empty hallway and an eerie glow of the fluorescent kitchen light I'm not sure but I think I remember feeling a faint gust of wind hit my face right after I opened my eyes based on the sound I heard I was expecting to see a kid standing before my bed when I opened my eyes the footsteps sounded like those of a child this experience was shocking. I didn't feel threatened or as if it was an, or as if I was in any sort of danger. It felt to me like what I perceived was just a child having fun causing ruckus, even if it was at my expense. I stayed awake a bit longer trying to explain the experience, but I could not. Seven months later, 
In the summer, my family and I were moving away, as military families are often forced to do. My mom was having lunch with our housemate, the mother of the family who lived in the other side of the house we shared, when the subject of the house being haunted arose in the conversation. From that conversation, my mom found out that we were about the only family on the block who did not know that that house, both sides of it, was known for being haunted by a small Native American girl. Apparently, our neighbor's teenage daughter had seen such a girl standing in the corner of her room one night. I had never mentioned my experience to anyone until after my mom told me that we had been living in an allegedly haunted house for a year. I realize that story lacks oomph, but I wanted to contribute to the show anyhow. Keep up the good work. It was a very well-written story. Yeah, I think it had some good oomph to it. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's not necessarily the, we don't need demonic zombie clowns, which is great when we do, but <laughs> but uh, just a well-written story um, that makes you think is all we need. And that was a very a well-written story. Yeah, I believe that that house is probably haunted. I mean, usually, I mean, some of the low-key stories are some of the more believable ones. Yeah. You know what you I think so. I mean, of all the stories that we've heard so far in this show, um, uh, you probably know my favorite. My favorite was so far has been that that the zombie clown thing. What about you? What's been your? What stood out to you as as one of the most you know memorable or, or spooky? Stories. I don't know that it was spooky, but the one that I guess is my favorite in kind of a sick way. Do you remember the one where the ladies, um, I don't remember if it was her cousin or her uncle, had been murdered and axed to the face? Yeah. And uh, he came back and was like comforting her daughter or something like that. It was it was a benevolent ghost, but she described him as the man with the funny nose and she could describe to a T what he was wearing and it was the outfit he was buried in. That's that's an interesting thought too. With the uh the burial what you get buried in. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're forced to then wear forever? What you're buried in? You Maybe. Know? I don't know. Maybe that's something I should think more about. What you're going to be buried in? Put into my will, because I really want to make sure I'm wearing something I'm going to be comfortable in for eternity haunting people. Like a leisure suit? I don't know. Maybe something fun? Maybe plaid? Like a Ghostbusters jumpsuit. That would be awesome. There you go. I I think that would be really... That would be cool. I would would do that. Yeah. People, I think, would be very questionable. What does he do? He did what? what? And there's karaoke as well? And an open bar? Really? This is a funeral? Yeah. 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 It's in my will. And I'm going to tell all of our audience this right now, just so they're aware of it, too. Oh, my God. You are? Really? If I go before you. Yeah. And we know that's not going to happen. Well, because you've said that you won't do some of this, even though it's in my will. I have karaoke in there. I want karaoke going on at the funeral. You know, or at least, you know, not maybe during the the service or something, you know, but afterwards, you know, when you're in the, the church basement, ladies. You know, we, there, there, there should be a, a nice a, a bar and and some music and then good food. Yeah, we've got to pick the caterer. I should probably figure that out, too. Although, I'm planning on sticking around for quite a while, so I don't know what catering services are going to be around at the time. But karaoke, for sure. Karaoke is just fun. And maybe if, if I can do it, I can come through and do some EVP karaoke. EVP karaoke. Yes. I think that would be great. 
Well, I've always told you that I'm going to die before you. And that's creepy in itself. But I've said that many times. I don't know how I yeah. know it, but I know it. Yeah. Well, now so our listeners your know. next wife will have to plan your <laughs> karaoke funeral bash. Well, our listeners are aware of this now, so... Uh, you know, this is probably a long, long time away, but I do want karaoke at the funeral. Okay, I think that would be very fun. I, does anybody have fun funerals? I mean, I come from the line of, you know, the Nor- the Lutherans, you know, and the Norwegian Lutherans that are, you know, it's a very somber service, and then at the end, you know, we have fried chicken or something in the basement of the church, but it's not necessarily a party, if you will. No. You know, I think there needs to be more party funerals. And in in New Orleans, there's it's like a celebration. They do like parades and stuff. And I think they'd be all about a karaoke if that was what you know. Somewhere they probably into. would be. Do you want to be buried in New Orleans? No, I don't. I want then, to be buried in Ryanzi, the cemetery we always talk about. I know. I know you do. EVP karaoke. That would be fun. Play some Christopher Cross sailing, and all of a sudden you hear me coming through the mic. Oh my gosh. Sail. I'm not going to be here for that. You're going to have to deal with that. You're going to be like your grandpa, and one of your waitress girlfriends at the restaurant you go to every Tuesday will be in charge of all that, okay? What about karaoke Kenny G? I've always thought of requesting that at like a karaoke bar. Kenny G. (laughs) Can I hear Kelly? And you just go up to the microphone. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. But it'd be much easier to do as an EVP, karaoke Kenny G. You know, because you could probably even use an instrument, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, 855-853-4802. You know, that last story where he was sleeping on, what was it, the main floor and the rest of his family was on the upstairs? Yeah. When we first moved to Kansas, we rented a house and there was two bedrooms on the main floor. My room's in the basement because I'm the oldest kid. And I don't remember having anything happen in that house but I spent the bulk of I think we lived there maybe four months I spent the bulk of my nights on a cot in my brother's room I did not want to sleep in that basement were you afraid I was afraid did anything ever happen there nothing ever happened but I was eight and just your imagination no, I just didn't like that room. Did you actually get like weird vibes out of it? Or was it was it more like a childhood, I'm afraid of the basement? No, because I would spend a lot of time in the basement. I just wouldn't spend any time in that room. Oh, okay. And I can't recall any specific things that happened, but I'm trying to think about it because, you know, doing this show makes me recall a lot of experiences and kind of reanalyze them. And I don't think it was anything weird but I don't know that if I was getting weird vibes but it was enough that I spent and see we we moved right we moved up here right before school was out so other than school nights I think I spent every night that summer on a cot in my little brother's room because I did not want to sleep down there is there anything that's coming to mind here anything at all not other than just getting maybe a weird vibe or two down there and now a ghost revelation moment oh no now I have a theme great (laughs) I have a theme for when I have a revelation this ghost revelation moment with Jenny Bruski has been brought to you by ghost dolls (laughs) that's great thank you we could do this other one too Here's, here's your other musical choices and now a ghost revelation moment with Jenny Bruski is it kind of dark yeah, I like the other one better, I uh, guess. Here's another option for you. And now, 
a paranormal revelation moment with Jenny Prisky. Huh? <laughs> no? Not no. Of no? Okay. Just thought I'd... Uh, no, if it were just you, I would stop sharing these, but not for our listeners. I'll share for our listeners. We just made stop sharing yep. them? I like them. You make fun of me. They're nice to me. I'm not nice making fun me. of them. They're I, nice to me. I believe them. Yeah. You're giving me a theme. <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> making fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. I think it's really interesting. I mean, it makes total sense. These are things you've not thought about for a long time. And just the topics that we talk about, it totally makes sense that, you know, sometimes, you know, you're reconnecting some dots on things that when you were a kid, you weren't necessarily connecting the dots on, you know? Nope. Would it have anything to do with the, uh, uh, the imaginary friend? No, because he was gone several years before that. Okay. I, I think it was a combination of just being in a strange house and a new place, and it just weirded me out, you sure. know? I'd had my own room mm-hmm. since I was a little kid, but just being in the basement, and it was one of those basements that didn't... It's not like basements now where you have the half windows and you almost don't feel like you're down there. Sure. This was like the little two-foot-by-one-foot window up in the corner. This felt like a basement. Yeah. Okay, like yeah. an old house basement. And it was a nice room, had its own bathroom and everything. It sure. was just I did not want to be down there. Sure. So yeah. Well, you know, I think if you're a sensitive person, you were sensitive back then, too. It's not... That's a skill that doesn't necessarily, I think, just come to you at some point in life. I think it's... You, know, I was you probably, have it. I was probably more tuned into it when I was a kid. Sure, sure. I mean, so it makes total sense. Uh, if you have a real ghost story, write into us. Realghoststoriesonline.com is a place to do that. Or you can uh, call in 855-853-4802 is the number. Jamie writes in, this is the first time I've decided to share one of my two experiences, so I'll try to keep it interesting. My name's Jamie. I live in a town east of Glasgow. Uh, I've had two experiences, as said, one in Glasgow, uh, the other in my own room. As you probably guessed, this is uh, one in my own room. Uh, the Glasgow one may be told later. Um, I'm stupid. I know Glasgow. Where is Glasgow? What country? Looking it up. Name that country. Uh, it's Norway? Scotland. Okay, Scotland. Glasgow, Scotland. Okay. Damn, I thought it was Norway for a second. Anyhow. Anyway, uh, the town dates uh, away back to the Roman era. I'm not 100% on all of the history, but I think the key reason is because it's near uh, uh, Antony Wall. Uh, there are a few ghost stories revolving around my town, like a Viking and local sports center, which I've yet to experience, but all of which uh, I have a lot of interest in, but I wasn't quite expecting this. I should say quickly, we have a lot of listeners in Scotland, so I do apologize if I don't know the names of your cities. Sorry. I need to be better at my geography. I'm really yeah. not, but we do have. A, it's kind of cool. I, I love hearing the stories from uh, across the way. I've always had experiences. This is continuing on the letter. I've had uh, always experienced the usual odd noises and uh, the like when I was younger. But growing up, I never really questioned it. Even watching a toy rabbit thing that hung from a door handle and play "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star" rattle off the door out of the blue. Nothing seemed strange to me until the summer of 2009. It was at my exam time. I was home alone a lot. I remember sitting watching the telly when I heard the front door lock. It's one of the mechanisms where when it's unlocked, the lever is down. You pull it down a bit more and it springs up and locks, though pressure has to be applied. With no physical pressure pushing it down, it won't lock. 
This was when I started to believe there was something in my house. It happened quite frequently. My stubborn, skeptical friend continuously said, it's just a rusty spring. I'm open to the views of skeptics and atheists, but I don't often see a spring rust away then suddenly spring back into action. Part of the pun, not to mention it's on a latch, which has little to do with a spring. Anyway, come around October, I went to Florida for two weeks, and when I got home, I don't recall having heard the heard it since. Not a great deal happened until summer of last year, 2013, in case you happen to be reading this in 2017 or something. Again, I was home alone, now unemployed, so I found myself there quite a lot. Suddenly, I heard loud beeping coming from my mom and dad's room. I went through, through to find out what it was, and it turned out to be the phone having a number dialed in it, and the noise was the engaged tone. This thing is about that. No one else was in the house. I had heard it before then, and even though I left my room, my mom and dad are likely or very unlikely to have left the engaged number on the phone, so that was a bit daunting. I never took note of the number, and I never thought it was revel, uh, revelant, uh, or relevant at the time. I actually believe it was the same night or following morning around 5.30 a.m. I was lying in bed, very frustrated that I couldn't sleep. Due to my small room, I have one of my beds. It's like a top bunk with a desk underneath. All of a sudden, my door's open, and in walks a black figure, and it stands at my ladder but doesn't actually look at me. In my frustration, I thought it was my brother and said, Warning! Oh, for fuck's sake, go back to bed. Go away. Where I just turned, walked out of my room, and shut the door. When I awoke the following afternoon, I stood... Uh piecing one and one together. My brother is an unbelievably heavy sleeper. He does not sleepwalk. My mom and dad are a bit shorter and would never let me get away with swearing at him. My room is always illuminated by the streetlight outside. The figure was just sheer blackness, but it did look like it had a facial definitions of a human. The main thing I'm a bit iffy about, though, is people normally say when it's a ghost is present, they feel sad, happy, or something like that. I didn't feel anything. After all, I swore it. I swore it, uh, mistaking it for my brother. But since then, uh, not nothing as notable has happened in this house. It's a good story. Hard to tell what that uh, entity was, you know, without a feeling to it or really doing much other than just existing. I wonder who it's trying to call. It would have been awesome if you would have seen what the number was. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and and uh, looked into that one a little bit further. I wonder if there's any way, you know, sometimes you can look into phones, but if you never pressed send or anything like that, there's no way of really tracking that back. But very interesting, nonetheless, if the entity was indeed trying to call someone or something. Huh. I don't know. 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear your real ghost story. Or you can, of course, write into us, as many folks did today, at our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And, of course, we have that bonus episode for you right now. If you uh, give us a review on iTunes, uh, email me what username you used for that review and those stars that you gave us and I will email you back personally with a link to a bonus episode of the show an unpublished episode that's only available for you and that says a thank you uh, for uh, for giving us some love there on iTunes those reviews help us tremendously uh, in climbing the charts and uh, helping more folks 
know about the show so we can deliver a better show to you every single time we put one out, which uh, the goal is every day. So there you go. Thank you so much in advance for doing just that. So for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.